How do you keep momentum going? How do you remain joyful to do what you love consistently while sharing it and teaching it to other people? For our guest artist, Erica Lamar, it's about perspective, seeing art as something that is easy, convenient, and accessible. Listen to learn more about Erica's story as we talk about why you don't need to have the inherent talent to make art, how to create art daily, how to break free from perfectionism, ways to get around artist block, and a key tip to get you started making art. If you want to be part of the conversation, then send in your questions and topics you want us to cover to hello at etcherlab.com. Hey, this is Jesse from Etcher. We believe in your power to create, so we invited artists from all around the globe to inspire you to keep on creating. Join us in this journey and let's celebrate creativity. This is Make More Art, the podcast. Take us through, Erica, of how you started. I mean, you are an art teacher right now. You have your Etsy shop. You're doing YouTube, you know, teaching art. But have you always been creative and with markers, right? And gouache? I've been creative my whole life. I have... um been an artist as long as I can remember. I mean, some of my earliest drawings I've even revisited now as an adult to make art that incorporates my childhood drawings um, because I've been drawing since I was like four or so. Wow. Um, I've been an artist my whole life. Um, I, as an art teacher, was able to kind of dabble in a lot of different things my background my training is um, painting and drawing and as an art teacher I was able to really explore lots of different media because I teach everything I teach three-dimensional two-dimensional I even teach film and video so I have to kind of play with everything right um but markers were never something that I was really that interested in um Uh I'm a painter traditionally so I I started as an oil painter. Um, I played with acrylic a little after oil painting. Um, now I mostly love like watercolor and gouache, but lately I've just been playing mostly with marker and marker. I think, um, the benefit that I just really, really love about them is that they're just so convenient and portable and, um, kind of forgiving. So that was a really like interesting way to, um, start using this new medium for me. I mean, it's not, it's not, there's nothing special about it. Like it's, Mm. I literally can draw every day with some markers from the grocery store. Um, they don't need to be fancy, but Uh the idea is that they are so accessible. They're so, um, um, convenient and portable. And that's what I love about them. I love that you said that as early as, as young as four, you're already into art and wow I would do you have any influences or like well um, grew up in you know I can't my mom was always a doodler um my dad is not a drawer there's in my family I have a lot of siblings we're about we're Uh six kids and so I would say all of us, except for maybe one or two, all took some sort of interest in art at some point in our life. Okay. But I'm the only one who just studied art and became an artist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. But, um, my cousin, I had a cousin, an older cousin when I was younger. I mean, not that she really necessarily 
I can't really remember her at like three years old, but I do know that she's a really prolific artist too. Mm-hmm. And she was a little bit older than me. So I think I was always like kind of inspired by her because she was my older cousin. She was very cool right. and she was an artist. <laughs> so yeah, they always have that kind of cousin who's, you know, who we look up to. I also yeah. have one. Um, so you said that you started with oil and then eventually you transitioned into, at which point did you get into painting and drawing using markers um that is super recent I would say that I started with markers maybe like really seriously playing with them maybe um, maybe this year last year maybe last year yeah because of the convenience of it I just wanted I I have a tendency to like to take my materials and travel with them and draw in different sites. Yeah. And I was always bringing like a, a whole palette and then I needed water and I needed like right. my brushes and then I was worried that my brushes were going to bend. So um, markers were so convenient. And then when I discovered like brush tip markers, they're very similar to like using a brush. I mean, not the same, but they're similar. So that was really kind of eye-opening because it just kind of opened me up to using other media that was easy and convenient and accessible. I like the, the the combo of convenient, easy, and accessible. I think for a lot of people who are trying out art for the first time, those are probably the three contributing factors as to how why they will get started because oil can be very intimidating. Watercolor can be a little bit tricky. Acrylic tends to dry fast, you know, I, I love watercolor. Um, I've tried acrylic as well. Oil, I haven't tried. But interestingly, though, as I was browsing your, your feed earlier, I it chanced upon my tumble. Uh, let me just grab it real quick. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I've never really tried painting using this. I've always used them for calligraphy. And I've yes. never really tried painting them. It's, it's like, I know that it, I can use it for painting, but I've never really tried it. So when I saw you using them to draw and paint, I was like, oh, she made it look so easy. <laughs> and uh, so so the, marker, the markers was pretty, they were pretty recent when you started. Let's just, did you say last year? Yeah, I would say oh. so. I mean, I've had them for a long time. Uh-huh. I am an, I am a, I'm looking at them right now. I'm a serial <laughs> art collector. I mean, art supply collector. I have, I mean, I'm an art teacher, so I have to like, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so I've had them for a long time, but I never really like played with them. I didn't really like explore them that much. I would say I had a similar approach to thinking about what markers were capable of. And it was more like lettering. Um, in my past life, before I was a teacher, I was, um, a store artist for a grocery store. So we used markers pretty consistently and we would do it only like primarily we were doing lettering. So I wrote things with markers all the time, but I never drew with them. Um, but you know, seeing a lot of my students take an interest in, um, what are very popular with my students is like Copic markers, alcohol-based markers. Yeah. Um, and they love them and I never really kind of had an interest in them. Mm. So it, it wasn't until recently that I decided to kind of explore them and play with them. And they just kind of like fit really well with my life, with my lifestyle. Love it. So you, you mentioned that prior to being an art teacher, you were also a, a grocery store artist. Is, is that right? So mm-hmm. your career, looking back, just taking a few steps back, have, has it always been related to art and creativity? 
You know, my very first job was a an intern for a design publishing house. So uh-huh. I would, yeah, it was, I mean, that was my first job. And yeah. I feel super lucky because I don't, I didn't have to like, you know, you know, make burgers or something. <laughs> I never had to do that, but yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I feel like all of my, my jobs have always been in the area that I wanted to exist in, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, there was, I did have one stand where I worked like making coffee, but otherwise (laughs) I have always done art kind of, um, jobs in some way. And these were like when I was in college. So it was all very like closely tied to what I was doing and what I was studying. So it was super, like, I was super lucky, very fortunate to be able to do that, you know, to try these different things. I would say very, very lucky and fortunate to be able to do something that you love and then earn a living from doing it. And, you know, as a grocery store artist, that's one of the jobs that I always look back on. And I actually reference it a lot in my current like sketchbook work because Uh it was super like inspiring for me. (laughs) Yeah. Really kind of like, like set like this direction. I still use all the things I did in that job as a teacher, I do that quite a bit. My, my students will always be like, they ask me a lot about my handwriting and I just talk to them about like the practice of it. Like right. when you have to write, you know, a hundred signs by hand, <laughs> yeah. you know, you start to become consistent and it's yeah, the, the process of it. And I think that's like the theme in my work is like this idea of daily practice. Let's talk about that. The daily practice. Do you, do you draw and paint daily? I mean, for the most part, I would say yes. Um, it is definitely something I try to make time for every uh-huh. day, no matter what I'm doing. Um, I know that some people like they love to work out every day and they have yeah. to work out every day or they have to do, you know, other things that they that's important mm-hmm. to them. And drawing is something that I feel like I have to do. Um, in my everyday job as a teacher, an art teacher, I do that very easily. Like it's not hard for me to draw every day because I literally have to draw to demonstrate. Um, but when I'm like right now, when I'm on break from, from school, we're on, we're on summer break for us. Oh, okay. I have to make that time myself because it, it is easy to not, not do anything, not, not draw. But I think daily practice for me is really important just because it helps me to stay, you know, kind of focused on, on the things that I am um, guided by or the things that are, um, that drive me to make. And if I don't draw every day, um, it's really easy for me to take a day off and then just let that spiral into like a month off. So I have to be pretty consistent. Even a little bit of drawing every day is good for me. I have an interesting question. I, well, I find it interesting because when people's when people are passionate about something, right, and they start to make a living out of it, um, I've heard one of the artists mention that you should find something else, like a hobby, um, outside that. So let's say you have this hobby, and then you turn it into like something that you're. I know you have an Etsy shop. You, you do stickers. Did you also do that? Um, did you try to find something else? I know you did pottery at some point. I saw in your yes. page. But was that a, a, was that intentional or was it something that you just want to try? Or was it because you doing art and you making a living out of it? So you decided to branch out and try something else? Um, actually, I would say that that is definitely a uh, like a, a symptom of the fact that I am very, um, I don't know, I easily 
you know, swayed by different, um, fields. Like I absolutely want to try everything. Um, pottery is something that was a big, a big deal to me. I never really, I worked in three dimensions in college. I did metals. I did, um, like jewelry design Uh and it was great. It was awesome. Expensive, but so Mm -hmm. fun. Um, but I never got to try pottery. So I think, um, me trying a different media like that is usually a result of the fact that I, um, don't, I never got to try it before. And then, um, the other thing is that like, I feel super lucky that I have, um, a job that I love. I love being a teacher and I get to be just kind of immersed in art all day long. Um, and it gives me the ability to kind of um, embrace the the things that I want to try. So one year I decided that I was going to like get myself a kiln for my birthday. And I was like, that's what's going to be my birthday gift. And I want to play with pottery. And so um, I just decided to try that for a while. I still do it, but I, it's not like my favorite thing. Uh-huh. It's not the thing I'm going to do. I always want to go back to painting and drawing, yeah. but I do like making, I like making things. I think that's my, my main drive. I like making things. I, I, I love that you love making things because <laughs> it shows. And like what I said when we were talking offline, um, when I was watching your reels, I really enjoyed them because when you create, when you were showing your, your you know, art supplies or you're just showing a typical, like see your sketchbook, you made it look so easy and very accessible. And for someone who's starting out, that's, you know, if I want to follow someone and learn from someone, I want that teacher to be able to showcase um, the process of making art in such a way that is accessible and relatable for me. So w- with that, I want to talk about teaching. So you are now teaching, is it high school, right? I teach high school, high school. yes. Wow. Um Sometimes it can be pretty, pretty difficult. I'm not sure if that, that was okay. But have you always wanted to teach? Was you know teaching yeah. something that you know? Okay. Yeah. How how did you I end did up? I want to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I graduated from college, it was not on my um, on my radar at all. Uh-huh. Um, an opportunity came up at some point where it was like, well, do you want to apply? Maybe. I mean, this was like, I started teaching 20 years ago. So I have been a very long time teacher. And at the time when I started teaching, there was a demand for teachers. And um, I was able to apply for the job, be hired for the job, and then simultaneously take classes to become a teacher. So even though I didn't have the training, the um, educational training yeah. to become a teacher when I started, they allowed me a certain amount of time to, to get that, that training. So I taught and I learned at the same time. It was definitely a kind of like thrown in there with the wolves kind of thing, you know, like right. you don't know what you're doing, but you're hoping for the best. And I think they felt like, well, it's art, you know, so we're not super worried about, you know, testing scores or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We just kind of, I like, I learned on the job, literally <laughs> I learned on the job. Um, but that, that was something that I never, I never thought I wanted to do. Well, I didn't think I wanted to do at the time, but looking back, like I remember myself as a child and I, I just know I've always been a teacher, <laughs> whether I want to admit it or not. I'm a teacher. I have always been one my whole life. 
I think about the things I did as a child. They were very teachery. Like I was, I love teachers. And I think I, I had really great teachers and they inspired me so much that mm-hmm. I think when I found this opportunity to become an art teacher, it wasn't something that I kind of ran from. I was um, like excited to try it because I had only had really great experiences with teachers. Um, I know not everyone can say that, but my, I like, I was, I still talk to my art teacher from high school. She's like amazing. And I always think about the way she does things. So, you know, I think that kind of factored in into how I decided to, to pursue teaching and I'm really grateful that I did because it wasn't something I was planning on doing, but it happened and it happened and it should have. I think it was supposed to happen. I, I believe so too. So you did mention that you still get to speak with your, yeah. your art teachers and that's amazing. And yeah. with the 20 years that you mentioned that you've been teaching, what would be your biggest takeaway when it comes to teaching art, especially for high school students? Like what I said, they can be you know, quite difficult to manage at some point. But there are those students who are really interested in art and there are those who aren't. So yeah. what would be your, your biggest takeaway? Well, I think something that applies for everybody. And I think something that I share, uh, I mean, pretty much on a daily basis. And I think I try to make that um, a central kind of grounding point for my my work as a, as a social media kind of aspect, yeah. like an art aspect for that, is that... Um, Art, I I believe art is for everyone and you don't need to be inherently talented or skilled from birth to be an artist. Um, I think you can make, regardless of your ability level, I believe there's room for all different kinds and styles of work. And I think the main thing I, I like to tell my students, whether they are talented and gifted on their own or not interested in art and struggling with the with any medium that I put in front of them that practice is the most important thing and lots of students whether they're good or 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 they don't consider them to be artists or they're very talented artists um, they'll ask me how do I draw this how do I do this and it's always, I always have the same answer and they often don't want to hear it. They don't like this answer, but the answer is practice. Um, we don't, we don't often think of art as being a skill that is learned. It, we often think about art as being a talent that you're born with, but I really feel like um, everybody can draw something if they practice it, it is muscle memory. It is a skill. And I think that if you, if you are interested in practicing, you will improve and you will learn how to develop skills that you might not have thought you had otherwise. And I, I think it's like, if you don't find joy in creating, then you're not going to enjoy practicing every day. But if you are, if you want to learn, you can, and you don't have to be naturally born as an artist to, to make art every day or to practice or to become um, a more skilled artist. Very well said. I I love how beautifully you laid out the importance of practice and consistency and that art isn't something that you inherently have need to have like a talent. And I, I, I pointed it as in the last episode as well, because you're not the first person or artist who mentioned that here on the podcast. And I love how consistent you guys are in saying that it can be learned if you put in the hours and you put in the effort. And one thing that you also did mention is if you find joy in doing that. Mm -hmm. 
how do you continue to find joy making art? Because you've been doing this, wow, since you were four, um, trying out different mediums, and you've been so consistent, and now you're sharing that with you know, the younger generation. How do you keep that momentum going without feeling burnt out? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there come times when I do feel burnt out and I feel like I don't want to make, but one of the things I've learned in the many, many years I've been making is that when I feel like I don't want to make, that's probably the time that I really should. I really should make. Okay. So I, I do, I do believe that breaks are, are great. And I think that they're valuable. And if you feel like you need breaks, like you should never feel obligated to do something yes. like making art. If you don't feel like that's something that's going to serve you, like why spend your time ever in this world doing things that you don't enjoy. Um, but that said, um, I am the type of person who is, um, you know, I am prone to whims of like being distracted or, or intrigued by something new. And I'm easily yeah. distracted by, from the things that I'm working on my goals. Right. So for me, it is important that I hold myself accountable and I try to be consistent. Social media has been really, really wonderful for that because yeah. by posting or feeling like I have to post something, let's say every day it documents my, my process, but also it holds me accountable to drawing every day or to doing at least a little something. Um, I do feel sometimes like I'm burned out, but like I tell my students, I feel like creativity is the only thing that the more you use it, the more you get. So I feel like if I stop making, I'm definitely going to stop making for a long time. Ooh. But if I keep making, I might have some really bad drawings in the process and that's okay. But eventually I'm going to get out of that. I feel like that creative making is what keeps me getting more creative. Mm. Agree. And uh, thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. Especially the part when when you feel like you don't want to create, that's probably the best that you should do it. And yeah. for, for a lot of people, they would say that that they would say that it's the best time to take a break and just, you know, probably they have yeah. an artist block or what. But in your case, I've never really thought of that because normally the, the initial reaction would be to stop completely. Yeah. But if yeah. you really want to, you know, be consistent, then yeah. And I think one of the things that makes us stop besides feeling like, well, I'm burnt out or yeah. I'm having a creative block, I'm going to stop so I can take a break. And that's good. You, you should do that if that's what you feel like you need. Um, for me, I feel like a break is always something that goes on far longer than I want to if I don't, you know, yeah. keep myself on track. So, um, I don't know. I do think that, that there's some value to breaking. Like I'm, I think it's, it's, if it's good for you, you do it. Um, for me, I feel like I tend to, I think, I think the main thing that I want to say here is that I think a lot of that comes from the fact that we expect everything we make to be great. And if you are in a creative block and you are still making, you might not like what you're making. And mm -hmm. if you expect everything to be wonderful, you're going to say, you know what, I'm not going to make anything because I know it's going to be bad. But mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, I think it's important to also say like, we're going to make bad stuff every now and then, and that's okay. Like not everything has to be a masterpiece. Yes. And that's why I work through my blocks because 
even if it's bad, I'm just going to turn the page in my sketchbook and I'm going to move on tomorrow. But if you allow that to hold like weight over you, it's hard to kind of work through blocks when you feel like you're going to be making something bad. Like, don't put that pressure on yourself. Like, who cares? Let it be bad. It's okay to be bad. (laughs) Let it be bad. It's okay to be bad. Wise words. I agree. And it's, it's also one thing that you pointed out in some of your videos about, you know, drawing or making doodles on your sketchbook instead of like, you know, the the nice ones the yeah. the paper yeah because that lives up the pressure of wanting it to be really good like a masterpiece mm-hmm. and speaking One. of yeah speaking of um because we've been talking about you teaching as well and i've really got it a lot of golden nuggets from you um just for the past 20 minutes that we've been talking and i'm sure our listeners are going to pick up a lot from this episode as well especially for those who are just starting out you will be teaching with us on the 26th of this month and i'm interested to know what is it that you will be showing for your live demo can you take us to talk about that a little bit, Erica? Yeah, yeah. So the live demo, um, we're going to focus on daily practice. So I want to kind of break it up into a couple of different things. Number one, like planning or preparation. I feel like when I work in my book, I tend to just kind of work with whatever pops into my head. But many people would like some sort of guide or roadmap, something to know like where they're going. So I want to focus on a little bit of like planning. Um, how do you come up with your subject matter? What do you draw? And then um, how do you approach this like observation based drawing, memory drawing, or like imagination based drawing, um, and just kind of like different ways to approach it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, a little bit of like technical, just how we use the markers, the potential for what you do with them. Um, things like that have mostly to do with composition, color, and of course, just, I think more than anything, um, relaxing when you make, so that that way you're not so worried about what the end product is. Allowing your sketchbook pages to be um, areas to play, spaces to play, and not necessarily final finished artworks. I'm pretty excited about your class. When you were discussing like the the outline of the class, it's so structured and you're absolutely right about the roadmap and the blank sheet of paper, a blank canvas is something that a lot of people are so scared of. So when someone presents them with a roadmap, like planning guide of how to start, that will be so helpful um, for anyone starting out. Because really, when I was starting out doing watercolor, that was like a kryptonite for me, like the blank page. What about, I would spend a lot of time thinking about how or what am I going to, what I was going to paint. So yeah. the, the, what time will be your live demo? This is happening on the 26th. If you enjoyed listening to Erica you will definitely enjoy her live demo so again it's happening on the 26th and if you also want to check out Erica's Instagram we'll we'll have that that's Erica's Erica Beeswax Erica Beeswax that's very interesting oh I know (laughs) so ridiculous I've had Instagram for so long and I started with that and I'm just like, it's still here. So I just, I love it. Can. I love it. That's so much, you know, it's the character personality. It's just, you know, <laughs> and um, you heard her talk about, you guys heard her talk about her, the way she teaches her students. And I, I love that 
you know, you are a teacher to high school students, you're teaching art. So definitely you will pick up a lot from the live demo and wait for her mini workshop as well, because that will be amazing as well. Erica, any other golden nuggets that you would like to share our audience, especially those who are still on the fence of, you know, starting or making art? Yeah. Um, one thing I would just say is if you feel a desire, a slight little inkling to make, then you should just do it, explore it. Um, it. If you don't feel like there's a lot of pressure to make perfection, then you will totally enjoy it. But that's the one thing that I think um, I could leave you with, like, make sure that if you feel like you want to make, do it and don't feel any sort of pressure to be perfect or to be, you know, a fancy artist selling your work in, in expensive galleries or anything like that. I believe that art is good for the soul and good for making. It's good for, for me. It's good for the soul. It's good for making. And definitely it will be good for you. Thank you so much, Erica, for those yeah, thank you uh, for golden nuggets. I, I enjoyed it. I, I love hearing you talk about how you started. Imagine at four years old. And <laughs> it's very rare. I, I rarely that. get to meet people who is able to do what you know what they're passionate about and able to impart it with other people as well as a teacher. So you are definitely enjoying the best of both worlds and I am jealous, uh, but thank you so much for sharing. And you you are so generous as well and sharing them on, on your socials. I know you have a YouTube channel. You did mention that you don't have a lot posted on there yet, but we're going to watch out for that. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to yeah. watch out for that. And you also have a newsletter um, that they can subscribe to. So we'll definitely, that's, can you mention the, the website as well, Erica? Yes, my website is um, www.flinkcrafthouse.com. It is the name of my my business. It's literally what I named my house where I make everything. So that's Flinkcraft House. And um, that's where I have not only my shop, but I have um, a little area where I want to have um, content about like learning to paint or making in some way creative activities and then I have a little page for fun little freebies I have coloring pages there that you can download and print for free I saw that too I was like oh my gosh there, there was something there for the pride month I, I saw and yes, then yeah. um, the the groceries I don't I don't so I was like that's yeah. so cool and Definitely for, for kids who want to practice coloring, that is, that's going to yeah. be a huge show. Yeah. Erica, you're so amazing. Thank you so much. You're very talented. I really enjoyed chatting with you um, on Make More Art. Again, your live demo is happening on the 26th. We'll link in the details, uh, the time. But that is a, a session that you should definitely watch out for because you will definitely learn a lot, especially if you are on the fence and you think that a blank canvas is your kryptonite. Erica, thank you so much for being on the show and we'll catch up with you again, especially on your thank live channel. Thank you. Bye. Art is certainly good for you, and Erica is truly an inspiration sharing her gifts with anyone who would like to start making art. What do you like most about this episode? Do let us know by sharing your feedback through the blog post associated with this podcast at etrolab.com slash Erica.